You may recall that from last week at the conclusion of the message, I talked about three beacons of light. As a ship is navigating treacherous channels in order to keep from running aground on the rocks, the three beacons, as long as they line up, will guide that ship to safety in the harbor. In a very similar way, we have three beacons in our own lives. As we line them up, as we follow them, we too can navigate the harrowing channels, the difficult decisions of this life, so that we can lead an abundant life, a God-pleasing life. And you'll recall, I'm sure, what those three beacons were. First of all, the Word of God makes sense. That is intuitive. God's Word, God's will should always be our guide. God knows what's best for us. He loved us so much that, well, He not only created this universe, this earth, for us so that we can enjoy, but also He has made us the crown of His creation. And even though we have fallen into sin, He has given us that plan so that we can live in a relationship with him forever. So, follow God's word. We come to this house of worship and we hear the word of God. Hopefully every day you are in his word. That word that guides us to make important decisions upon the path that God would lead us upon. Uh, Number two, of course, was to also pray to God. To let the Holy Spirit who lives within us be our guide, be that light that that shows us the way. But the third one we haven't talked a lot about, and that is what I want to do today. The third beacon would be our friends. Godly people. Those who are further along the path, perhaps, than we already are. Those who have, what, been there and done that. So, as we look for wise counsel, let's heed the words of Solomon, who said, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. So, we have a great example from the Old Testament today to show us exactly how this works. Rehoboam is King Solomon's son. He is the heir apparent to the throne. He is the one who will be anointed when Solomon dies to take over. Now, here's a problem with parents. We don't always listen, do we? I'm a son, and I'm a father of three sons. I know a little bit about about how this works. When I was six, my dad knew everything. When I was 16, my dad knew nothing. I don't know how he got so stupid in 10 years, but he did. And then by the time I was 26, he was a genius once again. Well, Rehoboam didn't exactly take Solomon's words to heart. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. That would describe Rehoboam, the fool. You see, as Solomon has this succession plan. After he has died, Rehoboam is to take over. Jeroboam, and I know these names sound a lot alike, but you'll get the hang of it. Jeroboam had been an advisor in in Solomon's temple, or in his court, but he had tried to usurp the throne, so he got banished to Egypt. 
he is a very smart man. He is just way too ambitious. And now he comes back and he leads a group of people. And he comes to the king, Rehoboam, and he says, you know what, king? Solomon, your dad, he was a really great guy. I mean, he built the temple, he built the palace, he built aqueducts. He built all kinds of things in the city of Jerusalem. He conquered the greatest amount of land that our kingdom has ever, ever known. He was the wisest man who ever lived. He did great things. But you know what? His taxes were kind of high because of all this building. And because we not only had to pay the high taxes, but we also had to work extra hard to build all this stuff. We didn't have time to be with our families. We didn't have time to prosper ourselves. So, uh, Rehoboam, you know, son here, would you mind lightening up the load just a little bit? Now, this is what Rehoboam does. He has some wisdom. He makes two really good choices, two really good decisions. Number one, he asks for time. Anything that is important, we are prudent to take some time. You don't just decide like that, I'm going to get married to so-and-so tomorrow. Probably not the best choice. I'm going to make a financial decision like buying a house. We don't necessarily make that choice just like that. We take some time to decide. So he said, give me three days. Come back in three days and I will give you my answer. And then in those three days' time, he seeks advice. He goes to his father's counselors. A very good decision. Dear old dad would be proud, wouldn't he? Because these advisors have nothing to gain or lose. They've seen it all. They've been there. They've done that. They know Solomon's good points. They also know his bad decisions. They know how he went after other idols instead of worshiping Yahweh. They know all of his mistakes, and they want to make sure that young King Rehoboam doesn't fall into the same pattern. So they say, you know what? If you want these people to follow you, lighten the load. Ease up a little bit, and they will love you forever. Sounds like good advice, don't you think? But Rehoboam then turns to his drinking buddies. His golf pals, the guys that he plays cards with and, you know, smoke cigars and poker on Saturday nights. And he says, hey guys, what do you think? I'm going to be the king. What should I do? And they say, make it even worse. Make it even harder. Up the taxes. Up the burden. Suppress the people. And what does Rehoboam do? He does not follow the good advice. But rather he does what he always wanted to do. He wanted to feel like a powerful man. He wanted to suppress the people. He wanted to oppress them. He said, My little finger is stronger than my father's waist. If you think that the whips you had before were painful, wait Till I'm in charge. So, if you were paying attention earlier to the Old Testament lesson, anybody, how does this turn out? 
even if you weren't paying attention. How do you know, it turns out? Not good. Not good. We could see it coming, reading the lesson. Just like Solomon's advisors, now advising Rehoboam, could see it coming. They knew what would happen. But Rehoboam doesn't care about wise counsel. He doesn't care about getting good advice. He just wants to do what he wants to do. And so the entire kingdom blows up. There is civil war. There is death and destruction. And Judah and Israel will never be back together again. They will be constantly fighting against each other and against the rest of the world. Lessons? I think there's a lot of them. But this one in particular. It is nearly impossible to hear the voice of wisdom if we're not looking for it to begin with. And Rehoboam was not. And so many people today, even good Christian folk like us, are not necessarily looking for wisdom. We're not necessarily looking for the right direction, but our own direction. So here's the question we need to answer again today. Why is this so difficult? Why won't we listen to good counsel? Why won't we seek it out in the first place? Well, I would suggest it's the very same reason that men will not stop when they're lost and ask for directions. It's the same reason that when I'm lost, I speed up. (laughs) None of us like to be wrong. None of us like to admit when we are wrong. Call it what you will. Impatience. Independence. I'm a type A personality. Whatever you want, I would call it what the Bible calls it, and that is pride. We simply want to rely on ourselves rather than on God or wise counsel. I remember a time several years ago I was making some visits and I had a GPS before it was on our phones. I had this little garment in my car. I had the address where I was going to go. Problem is, I didn't check which town it was in. Do you know that there are actually addresses in, in different places in McHenry County in different towns? I didn't know that. So I ended up in Wonder Lake instead of Crystal Lake. That's a little bit of a difference right? That's what so many people do. Instead of following wise advice, instead of checking something out, instead of getting several opinions, they just go merrily along in their direction, which we know is going to lead to one destination or another. Because of our pride, we get ourselves in so much trouble in this life. Now, here's an excuse that I often hear When I later find out, because no one comes to the pastor first to get good advice, only later, and they will say, Pastor, it's really nobody else's business. Why should I go consult someone 
because it's my life. I mean, haven't we all had teenagers, those of you who are parents, older parents? Haven't we all had that teenager, maybe we've even been that teenager at one time or another, who says, I can do whatever I want, after all, it is my life. And as a parent, what did you do? You rolled your eyes like they usually do to you. And say, it affects so many other people. Let me ask you, how do you know when people are getting married these days? What do they usually do? They send you a save the date. They send you an announcement, don't they? Even though they didn't consult you about getting married, you know because they make it public. They announce it and then pretty soon everyone knows. Well, here's a little secret that's not really a secret is that almost everything that you do people are going to find out about. Did you know that? They do. They know where you live when you buy a new house. I remember when I got here 16 years ago, all of you knew where I lived before I knew where I lived. You went and drove by it already when you saw where the new pastor was going to live. Right? That's what we do. You know when someone has a new car and you talk about that new car or that new house or that new job or that marriage and you make judgments about it as well, don't you? Everybody does. It's human nature. You talk about it. There is no such thing as a secret. I found out years ago that my wife will find out everything that I do, so I might as well tell her from the very beginning. And if I didn't tell her in the very beginning, I probably should have because I shouldn't have been doing that thing that I didn't want to tell her about in the first place, right? Right. So, since nothing remains a secret, why make your decisions in secret? Why not seek wise counsel to begin with? And finally, it's not only that people are going to know, but everything that we do affects other people. As your pastor, I have authority to make many decisions. But I always consult with other people first because I know that my decisions are going to affect hundreds, even literally thousands of people. That's why we have a board of governance. They're not there just to govern me, but they are there to help me make wise decisions. I consult with the staff. I consult with the leaders in the church. Because I know it's going to affect many people as a father. Every decision I make is going to affect at least three people, four including my wife and my three sons. Everything that we do will affect someone close to us. And when we make poor decisions, when we're on the wrong path, we not only hurt ourselves, but we hurt those we love the most. So let's make wise decisions, lining up those three beacons of light, consulting the Word of God, praying fervently to the Holy Spirit, asking him to guide us and seek wise counsel. Among your Christian friends, those who have been there and done that. I want to conclude with this, just a couple of things to ponder. First of all, no one 
gets to the place where he or she no longer needs wise counsel. Let me say that again. No one, and I mean no one, no matter how old you are, no matter how successful you have been, no matter how wealthy you become, no one gets to the place where he or she no longer needs wise counsel. Have you heard the saying, there is no fool like an old fool? Because sometimes we get to a place in life where we think, I know it all. I've learned it all. Who does that sound like? It sounds like the little teenager, right? I don't need to consult mom or dad because I already know it all. Well, if we're at the other end of life and we say, I don't need to consult anyone because I know it all, we're just as foolish. No one knows everything. None of you have experienced everything. So consult those who have. And secondly, you will never reach your full potential without tapping into the wisdom of others. Over the years, I've had a few people that I consult in almost everything. My brother, who is a pastor, My oldest brother, who knows things in the areas of leadership that I have not yet experienced. My youngest brother, who is an attorney, who has expertise in areas that I do not. And my farmer brother, who's just a really wise guy. (laughs) And also my father and mother, my grandparents, now all passed. But my father-in-law, who's not only a father figure, but also a pastor and a very wise man. But over the years, I've also formed what I call a mastermind group. A number of pastors in the Northern Illinois district that have more experience than I do. And certainly other people in areas that have expertise where I do not. None of us will ever reach our full potential without tapping into the wisdom of others. And then one last thing, no matter where you are, if you're just starting out as an adult and you are making important decisions, if you're in the middle of life, and there is an emotional fog that often clouds our decision-making when they're in the midst of them, or if we are at the later stages of life. It's never too late. Never. Never too late to pull over and ask for directions. Don't be a Rehoboam who let his pride get in the way which then led not only to the destruction of his family, but his entire nation. Don't even be a Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, who wouldn't follow his own advice, but rather listen to his 1,000 wives who led him astray from the first beacon, which is the word and the will of God. Instead, 
look to the cross. This beacon that shows us that no matter which road we have taken, there is always redemption. There is always forgiveness. And there is the power of the one who has overcome death itself to point us on the right path once again that not only leads to heaven one day, but to the abundant and God-pleasing life that will affect so many people that we love right here and now. Let's all rise.